What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I don't always run out of breath during the fucking opening sentence of the podcast like I am this week. That's that is not that is not a good sign through the for the future of me. Uh, but anyway, this week for episode 190, we're going back to the Resident Evil series and we're talking about the underrated my guess the the controversial divisive someone consider underrated someone consider overrated i suppose uh it's resident evil code veronica or code veronica x if you played it one of the later versions on the ps2 or whatever like i did um i'll tell you resident evil is maybe the franchise that has climbed to my personal favorite franchise list the most since i started remember the game because pre-remember the game i'd only ever played resident evil 4 and 5 and then like an hour of resident evil 6 before i decided i didn't want to hurt myself like that uh but since i launched this podcast i've played resident evil 1 through 8 i've played 2 remake now i've played code veronica and despite the fact that i have no fucking idea what's happening in the resident evil universe no clue whatsoever other than there's this company made a virus that's bad and wesker's around i have no idea what's going on but despite that i like most of these games a lot and I always thought Code Veronica was just kind of a throwaway spinoff title, you know. Um, but then old school member of our community, one of the OG hot dogs, Slick Rick, sponsored an episode of the podcast and said, listen, it's not just a crappy spinoff. It's very good. You need to play it. Uh, so I did. And you know what? It's not just a crappy spinoff. And you should play it. I like it. I don't love it. I like it a lot. It's got a few aspects to it I don't particularly care for. There is a fight in the back of a plane that is just the biggest motherfucking farce in the history of video games, which I'll get into. I I would bet everything I own, which is not much, that there's somebody listening to this podcast right now that was like, I got to that plane fight, couldn't win, and stopped forever, which I get. Had I not been on stream and not contractually obligated to play this game, I might have rage quit it on that fucking plane fight. Oh my god, it makes me mad. But we'll get into all that. But for the most part, uh, this is a pretty solid video game. I certainly like it better than Resident Evil 6. That's, I mean, I like Root Canals better than Resident Evil 6. But I like it a, a better than a couple of the good games in the series as well. Uh, so Slick Rick is going to pop by and explain why he's such a Code Veronicaite as I've labeled them. Uh, and then my buddy Patrick, who you may remember as my guest on the Resident Evil 4 episode of the podcast, uh, is going to give me a call, and we work our way into Code Veronica's seedy underbelly to take a better look at this weird oddball of the Resident Evil family. And we'll get there in just a minute, because speaking of seedy underbellies, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Listen, our intros have gotten kind of long, but they're fun. They're, they're, it's video game talking stuff. It's Our intro is like Resident Evil Code Veronica when you're not in the back of a plane or running around for an hour trying to figure out where to hang a motherfucking skeleton pirate painting, which we'll get into as well. That fucking painting. Uh, but seriously, though, if you want to skip it, go about 30 minutes up the road or just hang around and listen and find out why the intro is not as shitty uh, as the name infamous intro implies that it would be uh we have merchandise we have hoodies t-shirts coffee mugs all kinds of cool stuff uh rocking uh hand-drawn creative art drawn by my man joe you can check him out at 4545creative.com and you can find our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested it is a great way to support the show and if you're like man i don't care for clothes 
you could always consider uh, showing us a little love on Patreon. For just two bucks US a month, you'll get two additional podcasts every week. You get podcasts every Thursday and Friday. Every Friday, you'll get access to Game Patch, which is my gaming news show where I talk about all the big news in modern games. I added my opinion and some profanity and stuff like that. And then every Thursday, you'll get access to Expansion Pass, which is a different show every week. We do game rankings. We talk about characters, consoles. We do some comedy episodes. There's game reviews in there. Uh, this past week on Expansion Pass, I hosted Ask Adam Anything Volume 2 because I'll be honest, I just had a ton of stand-up comedy commitments uh, over the past week. I didn't have a chance to write out another podcast. So I just answered a ton of questions from the community, split into categories like my life, video games, comedy, miscellaneous. There's a food category. And as is becoming tradition in the intro, here's a sneak peek of last week's expansion pass. Ask Adam Anything Volume 2. Scientific Wonder Penis. So what are the top three things on your bucket list? So I had to think about this because I don't really have a bucket list. Um, but there are some things I want to do in my life. Uh, I really want to go to either a Royal Rumble or a WrestleMania in person. And I want to have like really good seats like down around the ring or close. Uh, like I don't want to be up in the nosebleeds. So that's I don't want to do it right now because WWE fucking sucks right now. But when they're good, that's something I'd really like to do. Uh, I really want to go to a playoff hockey game in Montreal at the Bell Center with the Canadians. And I had a fucking chance last year because I went to the Stanley Cup Finals and I couldn't fucking go because of COVID, motherfucker. Uh, and that's not going to be a thing this year because they've been eliminated from the playoffs since fucking November. But someday, uh, I want to go to a playoff game in Montreal at the Bell Center. And I really want to play in the World Series of Poker in Vegas. And if you don't know anything about poker, the World Series of Poker is like a two-month event full of like tournaments of various buy-ins and various games. And the main event of the World Series of Poker is a $10,000 buy-in. It's a giant Texas Hold'em tournament that lasts like a week and change. So that's now available instantly in our archives. And this week for Expansion Pass number 103, we're going to talk arcades. I know like there's big ones out today with fancy dancing machines and virtual screens and stuff like that. But if you're old like me and you grew up in the 80s and the 90s, the 70s, you had like the Pac-Mans and the Ninja Turtles and the Donkey Kongs and the fucking Space Invaders and the Burger Times and the Simpsons. And you had quarters, not just the crappy tokens. And it was just a really fun era. So we're going to take a look back at that and share our arcade memories. Uh, so again, $2 gets you two additional podcasts every week, plus instant access to about 200 archived episodes. Plus, you can join our Discord, which is over 400 members now, if I'm not wrong. You get a chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month. You can submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts, and you get a shout-out, and you get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to our newest Patreons, Jason Yu, Tom Smith, Wolfgang the Terrible, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Bobby Bowcut, Plant 008, or is it Plant? I think it's it looks Plant. Plant 008, Nate Wallace Gaming, Corey, Darth Dumega, Seasick Panda, Sticky Chronic, Terry Douglas, Philu Master CNC, I wrecked that one, Sergeant Pickle, Damian Quintana, <laughs> X Bimf, X Move X, <laughs> I know you told me how to say it, but I don't know how, Walter Glover, Matthew Braze, Michael Katz, Blake, 
Blake Langway and Old Man Jim. That was fucking terrible. See, you have a better than 50% chance of getting me to fuck your name up when you support us. I'm not very good at this. But anyway, a huge thank you to you all and welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. And to wrap up my sales pitch, we'll get into the fun stuff. 5% of our Patreon every month is getting donated to a pool that'll be given to this, uh, Remember the Children, our 24-hour charity stream at the end of the year, donating money to the Stollery Children's Hospital here at Edmonton. We're over $500 already raised and we're only three months into the year. So you get a bunch of extra podcasts and I give some of your money to the kids. It's just wins all around. So thank you all very much. Uh, and of course, you can check me out on Twitch if you're interested. Twitch.tv slash member the game, not remember. I'm over there a couple nights a week just playing whatever finds its way into my eyeballs. All right, that's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow. Our first blower this week is Wyatt the Surgeon Row. You'd better be a fucking surgeon, Wyatt. The surgeon is not like a, a moniker that you can just throw on yourself. That's a fucking like if you want to like I'm Adam the boy blank and that works. But Wyatt the Surgeon Row, that's <laughs> I hope you're a surgeon. Anyway, Wyatt wrote in and said, I'm just here to drop an obligatory Gears is awesome comment. And then also go on to say that I bought a, or I caught a bit of your Mario Kart stream Friday night and it seemed so delightful. I almost impulse bought a digital copy. Stay gaming, my friend. Well, thank you, Wyatt. And Gregory Harvey wrote in about Mario Kart as well and said, uh, hey, Adam, with the new courses coming out for Mario Kart, what's your all-time favorite Mario Kart course and who's your go-to driver when you play? By the way, I love the show. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Gregory. Thank you both for writing in about Mario Kart. It's obviously Mario Kart. If you don't know, Mario Kart 8 has some new tracks right now, and they're awesome. And it's got people talking about Mario Kart again. I fucking love that franchise. We actually have an episode of, in the uh, archives of Expansion Pass uh, where I ranked all the Mario Kart games from least favorite to favorite. I've played them all. I fucking love these games. Uh, so to answer your questions, Gregory, my favorite Mario Kart course is actually Toad's Turnpike from the Nintendo 64. For anyone that played Mario Kart 64, that's the one where you're driving around like that figure eight track in the city and there's actual cars and stuff. And then when you play it on mirror mode, the cars are coming at you, which is fucking awesome. I love that track. And my go-to driver uh, is Bowser. It's been Bowser for most of the modern games. Going back to the Super Nintendo one, I was actually, uh, I liked Yoshi and Princess Peach in that one. And then in Mario Kart 64, I like to rock Toad. Like, wahoo! But everyone remembers that. Uh, but then after that one, I think I got into Bowser. And now the only time I shift away from Bowser is uh, when I'm playing on 200cc, I go back to Toad because I need someone that handles a little better. But yeah, if you're, if you're on the fence about the new tracks, they're pretty rad. But there's still a ton more coming too. Fuck, I love Mario Kart so much. Thanks for writing in, you guys. And thanks for watching the streams. Appreciate that. Uh, Unbuckled Cape 10. Wrote in and said, yo, Adam, earlier this week, there was some chatter in the Discord about Legos. I would love to have the Lego NES and Sonic Green Hill Zone. So my question to you, what is your dream Lego build? Any more Lego seems to have a brick or any these days, Lego seems to have a brick in everything. But is there any franchise or IP that you'd like to see added? Personally, I can't think of anything else I want to see. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. Um, yeah, I have become so actually a bunch of the members of the community bought me uh like a venom uh like his head like a lego set of just venom from marvel's head and i fucking loved it and it just completely reinvigorated my love for 
Lego. And if you've ever watched one of my streams or my videos, I actually have a bunch of Lego sitting behind me now on my shelves. I've really gotten into it. It's fucking it's so cool because they're like models and stuff now. Um, and for the record, yeah, that Lego NES and the Sonic Green Hill Zone are both awesome. I have both of them. They're both excellent. So um, if they're a franchise that I'd like to see added to the Lego ecosystem, it's Ninja Turtles. And I know there's like some Mega Bloks Ninja Turtles and stuff, but I want like a fucking super detailed, in-depth, like, Technodrome. Oh, the te I was going to say the sewer, but the Technodrome. A giant Lego Technodrome. Like the Ghostbusters firehouse that opens up, and then you have all the bad guys. That's... Oh, oh boy. I would get a fucking... I would get another job to pay for that if they released what I'd want it so bad. So that's my exact franchise and set. I want the Technodrome full of just every character you could fucking imagine. And I'll die a happy man. That'd be great. Oh, I love Ninja Turtles. Uh, thanks for writing in on Buckle Cape. Uh, boom, <laughs> Bimf Move. I, I'm just going to start calling you Triple X B Move. That's how we're going to say it. Triple X B Move. Because the name is X Bimf X Move X. So Triple X B Move wrote in and said, I've just recently listened to your San Andreas episode of Remember the Game. I really wish you would visit either GTA 4 or 5. Even with all the shit that GTA 5 gets for being continuously re-released, that game, when it first released on the Xbox 360, was absolutely ahead of its time. The amount of detail and variety of missions was incredible. It did a great job of storytelling, and I was just never able to put it down. I hope you eventually look into trying to play it. Uh, so thank you for writing in, B-Move. If you don't know, I don't play a lot of GTA, but I did play San Andreas when I won our Patreon poll a couple years ago and really liked it. Um, and just to put it out there, in case anyone is wondering, including B-Move, we do have plans for a GTA 4 episode later this year, probably in the fall sometime. So just as a heads up, remember the game for GTA 4 is coming. GTA 5, I don't even know what the fuck that game is now. Like, I know that I say Xbox 360 and PS3 games make the cut for the show, but it's also like, it's fucking probably going to get released on the PS6. So I'm like, is that fucking, I don't even know if that's retro or not. But GTA 4 is coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. All right. And that's all I'm going to say about it for now. But it's coming. Thanks for writing in, B-Move. And Brian Medeiros wrote into us and said, Hey, Adam, I was wondering if you could recommend some nonfiction books about video games. I'm currently reading Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Jason Schreier. It's fantastic, but I'm almost done with it. I'm sad I won't have another video game book to indulge in. All the best, Brian. Yes, I absolutely will. Um... Shameless plug for my man, Doug Walsh. If you go back in the Remember the Game archives uh, sometime last year, I don't remember what episode it was now, uh, but we had uh, a former pro strategy guide writer, Doug Walsh, who's a, an, a, an accomplished professional author on the show to talk about what he went through with writing strategy guides for a living. And he actually wrote a book about his time writing strategy guides called The Walkthrough. It's excellent. I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, I also would recommend Console Wars. It's it's. A little bit. I think they take some 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 liberties with what was said between like Sega ex executives and Nintendo executives, but it's a really interesting breakdown of the console wars of the '90s. And I'd also recommend Service Games: The Rise and Fall of Sega, which I got as a gift from my buddy Chris a while back. Um, the most thorough breakdown of the history of Sega I think is out there. It was really really interesting read that I thoroughly enjoyed as well. So I'd suggest all three of those books, Brian. Uh, actually, I'm I'm gonna I have blood, sweat, and pixels on my iPad. I just got to get around to reading it. Just Jason Schreier fucking bugs me, but I but I I know the guy can fucking write. I'll give him that. He can fucking write. Uh, Michael Matthews wrote in, and the, I won't lie. The only reason this comment got read on the show, I love reading stupid comments and comments about poop and stuff. I'm fine with all that. But the reason this is getting read on the show is because there were actually people in the comments this week saying just commenting to bump Michael's question. This is the important stuff. 
So Michael Matthews wrote in and said, is good toilet paper worth shelling out the extra money for? Personally, I respect my asshole and will cough up the premium for that extra comfort, but obviously I wanted to get the opinion of Adam from my favorite retro gaming podcast. Absolutely, sir. I actually want to get a bidet. I'm trying to convince Jaylee that we need a bidet, and I think she's on board. Um, but yeah, we, dude, I, if you've ever seen me in real life, I don't wear nice clothes. My jeans are falling apart. I wear like the cheapest shirts and socks and underwear I can find. There's only two things that I splurge on, on a day-to-day basis. Two things where I'm like, I live like a rich person. One is hats. Cause I don't buy cheap hats. I buy top quality baseball caps. And number two is toilet paper. That is, you don't cheap out on that kind of stuff. You spend the money. You ever been to like a fucking fast food restaurant where it's like half ply? Ah, better off with sandpaper so yes good good toilet paper is worth shelling out the extra money for thanks for writing in michael and tim tiani wrote in as we start wrapping this up and said hypothetically speaking given how much time i know the remember the game group of podcasts takes up would you ever scale it back if you had a comedy opportunity that would allow you to truly hit it big in that section of your life it'd be amazing problem to have but i'm curious given your love of both gaming and comedy thanks dude for giving me something that gives me the nostalgia feels on a weekly basis keep crushing thank you tim um, I mean, it's a hard question to answer. If, I guess if anyone doesn't know, I'm a stand-up comedian as well. I kind of, I, I, um, what's the, what's the, what the fuck is the phrase when you work a job at night? Moonlight? I moonlight as a comedian. I didn't think that's what it is. How am I suddenly forgetting this? Marijuana is bad. Don't smoke marijuana. It, you forget everything. But anyway, yeah. So basically, in the evenings, I'm a stand-up comedian, and during the day, I'm a podcast host. Um, so yeah. So to get back to Tim's question. Uh, would I pull back on Remember the Game if I ever had an opportunity to truly hit it big as a comedian? I don't think so. I don't know. Like, hit it big could depend different things to different people. Like, when I got into comedy, my only goal was to be able to pay my bills with it. Whereas other comedians, their goal is to get on The Tonight Show or to get a Netflix special or to get a sitcom. Um, like, if they ever offered me a sitcom, I'd have to, like, stop and think long and hard about it because there's obviously life-changing money potentially there if the sitcom takes off but i don't have the passion for stand-up that i do for podcasting i like doing comedy it's fun when you're up there and everybody's laughing and stuff like that but this is this is i'm far more like if you told me right now i had to give up one i would never do stand-up again i would be a podcast i I do my video game i love video games more than i like stand-up so it would have to be really fucking big for me to to walk away from podcasting uh and get into more stand-up comedy yeah, I hope that answers your question, Tim. Uh, thanks, buddy. And finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. And Tom Smith wrote in and said, what's your views on playing old games on the Switch Online compared to playing them on the original console itself? You literally don't need to blow in the cartridge these days. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to BS you guys. I, I fucking... Listen, I grew up with an NES, a Super Nintendo, a 64. I didn't grow up with a Genesis, but I played them. I... I have mad love for old video game consoles, but as I get older and I don't have room for a big fucking old TV and the cartridges are just getting more and more and more expensive as everybody thinks anything that's more than six months old is worth a fortune these days and there's fakes out there and all that kind of stuff. Um, I actually prefer playing my games on my Switch online. When you're, when you're talking like those types of games, like I bought the NES controller from Nintendo. I fucking love it. Uh, I have the Mega Man collection on there, Castlevania collection, Contra collection. I prefer to play my retro games on the Switch or on a PS5 or an Xbox or on a modern console. I enjoy that now more than I enjoy the retro systems. Um, The only retro systems I still have in my house 
are a GameCube, a Nintendo 64, and then I have a backwards compatible PS3, which I only really use for the PSN and PS2 games. Um, I have considered getting into collecting again and buying an NES and a Super Nintendo and a Genesis and not collecting, but just slowly acquiring a collection of my favorite games of all time. And if anything, it would just be something for me to leave my nieces and nephews someday. It's just like, if these were my favorite games, these are some of the greatest ever enjoy them. But, uh, by and large, yeah, like I, I dude, I'm playing GoldenEye 007 on my Nintendo 64 right now for a let's play. And, uh, like the game crashed on me after the first level, the first time I was playing it. So I had to like restart everything. Whereas like, and I know GoldenEye is not available on the Nintendo 64 or on the switch online, but like, it's just so much easier to just pick up my switch and fucking everything is right there. I could take them all with me. So they, they have their charm, but personally I, I do prefer just playing my games virtually on a virtual console. That that's me. That's maybe that's sacrilege to some collectors, but I don't have a lot of space. They're really expensive. I like to stream them. It's just easier on my switch. All right. So there you go. Thank you to everybody that wrote in this week. We got to move on. Uh, let's switch things up and let's get into our smash hit segment. The official game show of remember the game industries, play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third game is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. And this week, I figured we're talking Capcom games and that PS2 generation. Let's go with three more Capcom games from the same era. We're going Devil May Cry, Beautiful Joe, and Okami. Now, I have not played a ton of any of these, so I am working completely blind here. Uh, the vote was close, but in the end, 29% of our patrons said play Beautiful Joe, remake Okami, and erase Devil May Cry. Let's see what a few of you had to say here before I tell you what the right answer is. Grub Thuggery. Oh, I fucking love saying that name. That sounds like a rap. Grub Thuggery wrote in and said, this is a unique one for me because I've never played any of these, but I do know about them. I'll play Okami because I feel its art is ageless like Paper Mario. I'll remake Devil May Cry, especially using the same mechanics and engine as Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I'd erase Beautiful Joe. It never really received a lot of mainstream attention to my knowledge, so erasing it would be the smartest thing to do. Well, considering a majority of people voted to fucking play it, I don't know if I agree with you, Grub Thuggery. I think you're going to take some heat from the fucking community for this decision. Um, I do think Beautiful Joe was kind of overlooked back in its heyday, though. I, I agree with that. Because I remember it coming out, and I wanted to play it, and then I never got around to playing it. I think it got overlooked, which was too bad, because art-wise, that game's fucking hot. That, oh, that game turns me on. I don't know how it plays, but it looks great. Uh, Joe Altieri wrote in and said, Hands down, play Devil May Cry all day long. Amazing. Never played the other two, but Beautiful Joe looks fun, so let's remake it. Now, that's all Joe said, and I was about to blast you, Joe, and put you on double-secret probation for not picking which one you would erase. But then I read your full comment, and I'm like, oh, well, if he's playing Devil May Cry and he's remaking Beautiful Joe, then by default, I guess he's erasing Okami. So you fucking skated by a double-secret probation. I, I put you in here ready to blast you because I thought you all you were saying was play Devil May Cry. It's awesome. Never played the other two. Fuck them. But all right, you made your pick, so you're... Ooh. You're on my fucking watch list, but you're safe for now. 
Uh, Chaos Noob wrote in and said, I'll play Okami because that game is timeless and its art style helps the game from aging. I'll remake Devil May Cry because the first game is way outdated compared to 5 and putting those modern touches on the game would feel so incredible to the game. And I'll erase Beautiful Joe since the game never really grabbed my attention back in the day and it's the odd one out for me. You know, for a person whose fucking handle includes the word chaos, you don't seem to stir up a lot of shit. You're just like, oh, well, this game's art style is great, so we'll keep it. We'll remake Devil May Cry because it'd be fun to play it more currently. And I'll erase Beautiful Joe because it just never really grabbed my attention. That's not chaos. You should be like, I'll erase Beautiful Joe because people like it and fuck them. And then I'll remake Devil May Cry just to ruin the original. The fuck, like, you, I, You're not chaos at all. You're a noob at being chaos, chaotic, chaos noob. Thank you for writing in, though. Uh, Blame the Hoagie Man wrote in and said, okay, blank man, let me lay it out for you. All I'd approach Dante from Devil May Cry and look him in the eye and say, it's time to play the game. After that, we'd both saunter up to Amaterasu from Okami and inform her she needs to check her candy ass into the remake hotel. That just leaves beautiful Joe, who attempts to go for the sucker punch, but instead gets a cane uppercut to the throat, turns around into Dante, who gives him a rock bottom for his troubles. Then a wrestling ring rises out of the ground like an RKO out of nowhere. We look at the crowd, who is totally there the whole time. We remove our two sweet elbow pads, rest in peace, Scott Hall, swing our arms and bounce off the rope to deliver the most electrifying move in sports entertainment, the people's elbow. We then pick his lifeless body up and toss him over the top rope to erase him forever, and that's the bottom line because the hoagie man says so glass shatters middle fingers extend now i wasn't gonna read i normally don't read comments this long but i read your comment and it had a bunch of likes and the idea that this fucking guy named the hoagie man is in the middle of a ring raising the middle fingers with the glass shattering well done all right fair enough blaine i you fucking you're lucky i like hoagies that's a long comment but i respect it thank you Seasick fuck. Seasick Panda said, Beautiful Joe looks great. It doesn't need to be changed. I loved it back in the day. The time manipulation was one of the first times I'd seen that in a game, and I loved managing my energy to get where I needed to go. Remake Devil May Cry because it's been done to the series once, and I personally enjoyed that take on it. It wasn't perfect, but I enjoyed it, and I'd love to see more. Trash Okami because if I wanted to be a dog, I'd just get in my body swap machine and trade places with my own dog so I didn't have to go to work. Wow, that's cool. Fuck. From a panda. That's fucking cool. Seasick panda doesn't want to be a dog. I like dogs. I think it'd be fun to be a dog for a day. But all right, fair enough. And finally, Old Man Jim wrote in and said, Gonna play Beautiful Joe. This one is quirky and fun, and it could be a good remake, to be honest. But I think Okami would be an amazing remake. I've never played it, but I'm really interested in it, and I'd remake that one. And I'll erase Devil May Cry. The controls are chonky, and it's the worst of the three, in my opinion. I'm not gonna lie to you, Old Man Joe. Jim. You went with the majority, which is actually the exact same thing I'm going to do. Uh, which is the play Beautiful Joe, remake Okami, and erase Devil May Cry. Gunta Hunta wrote in and said, play Beautiful Joe, epic game back on the cube, remake Okami as I never played it, and any old game can benefit from quality of life improvements, and easily erase Devil May Cry. I never got into it. That's what I would do. Yeah, I'd play Beautiful Joe because I only ever played a minute of it, thought the art style was gorgeous, and then just never got around to it, so I really want to play Beautiful Joe. I'm going to remake Okami because it just looks like the one that can most benefit from a remake. Like, Beautiful Joe still looks great today. Okami looks like it could use, you know, it, could, it wouldn't hurt it to get cleaned up a little bit. And I personally would erase Devil May Cry because the only one I've played is Devil May Cry 3. And I, eh, not for me. It's just a little too, little too button mashy for my taste. So I'll, I'll take my chances on Beautiful and Okami. Apologies. I guess I'm making you cry 
Devil May Cry fans. But that's what I would do. Uh, so thank you to everyone that wrote in and played this week, as always. What have I been playing? And then we'll get into talking Resident Evil. Uh, I've been playing... Her not much. I haven't had time to play anything. But I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West. There's still in a review of it coming when I finally get around to finishing it. I finished Dino Crisis for the PS1, which won our Patreon poll this month. So an episode's coming in that in the next few weeks. I'm slowly plugging away at Final Fantasy Tactics which is good, but I'm saving my thoughts for a podcast. And then I uh, I three-starred the 200cc cups on Mario Kart 8 for the new tracks. I've been playing quite a bit of them. They are fucking excellent. That's it, all right? right, let's. right? We're already running late here. Let's get into Resident Evil. That's why we're here. I'd like to give some of you a chance to sound off on the game we're talking about before my guests and I hog the microphone. Pressing X wrote in and said, I love this game. The intro sticks out of my mind when Claire is cornered and drops the gun then falls with it to shoot the barrels. What an opening. But it's safe to say that by this stage, the old tank controls were wearing thin. This game feels like a fitting send-off to the tank control generation of Resident Evil games. I never even thought of it that way, Pressing X, but you're not wrong. This is like a nice send-off. For the whole tank control generation of Resident Evil. Because after this was Resident Evil 4, which I know kind of had those weird controls, but nothing like the original Resident Evils. And I, I agree with that, actually. This is kind of the last one. I, Yeah, it is a nice send-off. Uh, Munch Makuchi wrote in and said, I've been a fan of Resident Evil since before they introduced auto-aim into the first release. I did not consider myself an expert on many titles, but the original Resident Evil games are among those few. I knew every secret strategy, every beat of the script. I still have my original memory cards with my best speed runs. I can say without a doubt that Code Veronica is the most difficult entry of all. Most of the Resident Evil games were decently generous with ammunition and health pickups, even on more challenging difficulties. Code Veronica was brutally punishing in this regard. Tight corridors, multiple enemies at once, and Scarcely few ammo drops always made me feel like I was on the edge of my seat playing this like no other entry could. The boss fight in the back of the plane and the very last boss enraged me to no end. Thankfully, Dreamcast controllers were built to last. Uh, dude, don't even get me fucking started on that. Well, you are going to get me started because I'm going to talk about that and the end boss. Because that's the thing is I did find this game very difficult as well. It's, I think it's the only Resident Evil game I haven't beaten. Other than six of the original eight plus Code Verona. I, I can't. I can't be. I probably could now. I'll explain why in a minute. But there's some fucking bullshit in this fucking game. Some bullshit in this fucking game, which we'll get into in a minute. But it is a good game. I like it. Uh... King Bahamut wrote in and said, Code Veronica is like beer. You either like it, don't like it, or can become a fan of the taste over time. I, <laughs> I, I didn't realize the third option was going to be in there. You either like it, don't like it, or become a fan. Anyway, uh, King continues, I played Code Veronica X, the port to PS2, back around the same time I played Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. The differences in gameplay were astonishing, given that 4 was the first game I played in the series. That being said, I really did enjoy Code Veronica, but I can't understand the divide amongst fans. One major point to mention was the difficulty is easily the hardest of the original style games, with resources being scarce to the point that you had to restart the game in certain situations. Looking at you, playing Tyrant, you cock sandwich. I hate that some players overlook this game, considering it is very important to the lore of the Resident Evil universe if one cares for that. I agree on that plain tyrant. I agree on it being hard. I do still like it. Um, I don't know if I agree with it being important to the Resident Evil universe because as I said earlier, I have no fucking idea what's going on in the Resident Evil universe. I have no idea. And finally, Titan420 wrote in and said, Hell yeah, one of my favorite Resident Evil games. I like how Claire is back as the main character. The bad guy kind of sucks, but other than that, it has everything a player of the first three games could want. Thank you, Slick Rick, for sponsoring this episode. It's my fucking job, Titan. But you're right. Thank you, Slick Rick, for sponsoring this episode. And actually, Slick Rick and I are going to talk about why this game means so much to him right now. And then my buddy Patrick and I are going to rant about that sack of shit from the plane and a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm going to cue up some Resident Evil Code Veronica music. 
And when it stops, Slick Rick, Patrick, and I are going to talk Resident Evil Code Veronica, which originally released in North America on the Sega Dreamcast on February 29th. 2000. One of those weird fucking leap day games. Anyway, enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. All right. So, as I'll probably have already mentioned during the intro, this is one of our sponsored episodes. And I got to give a shout out to the man that sponsored this episode because he is one of the OGest of OG hot dogs. He's been with the show since the infant days when I sucked even more at this than I fucking do now. Um, and many of you probably know him from our Discord. And if you do, now you're going to get the voice that, you know, anyway, uh, it's Slick Rick. Slick, we've been just chatting for the last like hour, but I'll ask you for the sake of the podcast. How's it going? It's good, man. Good to have you, or good to have be on here, man. Fuck yeah, man. This has been, like, dude, it's been so cool putting a voice to the name that has been breaking my balls for fucking, like, four years. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna bow out here right away because I want to know, dude, you, you, you reached out to me and you were like, we got to talk Resident Evil Code Veronica. And even before you picked this game for the episode, you had been telling me, as I've slowly gone more and more into the Resident Evil world, you've been like, you got to play Code Veronica. And I was only ever planning to play the, the numbered entries, uh, so before I get into what I think of this game or what you like or anything, I'm just going to ask the fuck, man. Like, why are you like, do you just really like that name or why are you such a big code Veronica guy? What is it about this game? Yeah. You know, Veronica is just my favorite name. No, um, I, <laughs> I um, it, it, the game is pretty nostalgic to me. Um, it, I love, you know, I love the Dreamcast. That was the first system that I actually bought with my money. Yeah. And, uh, it was pretty special because my, I didn't have enough money to buy a game. And my mom was like, well, tough, you know, you can buy the, you can buy the, you can buy the system and then, you know, save up your money to buy a game. And, uh, you know, when, when I got home, she surprised me with the game that she had bought. She's like, Hey, look, you know, I'm proud of you, you know, for saving up your money and this and the other thing. And I bought you that game. And so that's kind of how it started. But, oh. um, you know, with the Resident Evil, we had talked a bunch about Resident Evil, and I kind of, <laughs> I feel like I forced your hand <laughs> into well, playing some of them. And that's what I wanted to, okay, so just, I because like, I, so I had played a few of them already, and then you were on me to play Resident Evil 7 fucking forever. And I was like, dude, I'm, I, that game looks too fucking scary. And then I finally played it, and well, it was too fucking scary. Uh, it was magnificent, like a top two Resident Evil game for me, I think. It was fucking outstanding. Uh, and so you are, you among a couple other people, but you are one of the, the, the people that got me more into the Resident Evil franchise. Um, but Code Veronica was one that I was going to skip altogether. So like, like, was it like, had you already played like one, two, three before Code Veronica? Or like, was that your first Resident Evil too? No, I had played all of them. Like, you know, I played one that was on PS1 and that, you know, that had me hooked when you walked down that hallway and that dog jumped through the window and scared the yeah. shit out of you. Yeah. Um, you know that i was hooked so i played one and two and three um cold veronica was just like on for dreamcast so that was like a specific one for that one and uh you know i want to do i didn't want you to skip it that was you know it's not it's not my favorite game it's not even my favorite resident evil game but i didn't want you to skip it because there are some pretty shitty resident evil games out there to <laughs> the least resident evil six that, yeah I, I didn't want that to get lumped into um you know that shit class like i was like no it's at least worth taking a look for so that's kind of why i picked that and it is like dude there because like there's so many resident evil like 
I don't know if spinoff is the term, but like outside of like the, 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 the numerical, like main franchise, like you got, like, there's the revelations, there's Code Veronica. There's like, there's all these different fucking resident evil games. And I was like, I don't know which ones of these to play. Like, I just want to play the main line. Like, cause I do plan on ranking them eventually. And all I was going to play was the main line ones. And then you were, you, a couple other people said it, but you were like the main, like the, no, the cheerleader for it being like, no, resident evil Code <laughs> Veronica is fucking worth your time. And so I finally played it and I'm like, dude, this game, like, I, to me, Resident Evil Code Veronica is like Resident Evil 3.5 because it felt like it wasn't as revolutionary as four, but it seemed like an upgraded version of the original three. You know what I mean? Right, for sure. Well, there's a kind of a funny story about that. I mean, I, I don't know all the, the backstories, but um, you're, you're going you're gonna to laugh about this one. It was all due because the Sega Saturn couldn't handle Resident Evil 2. <laughs> continue i'm sorry so wait so like oh so then so like was this like i don't understand so like is that why they made this like to give the saturn a game that it could run well no so they ported i guess the they ported resident evil one over to the sega saturn and then they tried to port resident evil two over to the sega saturn and uh quickly into that they realized like the sega saturn couldn't handle it and they would have to like make some serious adjustments to that game uh, that would, you know, make it be a big, be a big detriment. So they canceled it and said, okay, we're going to focus on Resident Evil 3 um, and then go on. And they, they were like, well, we, they didn't want to leave the Sega um, people out. So what they did was like, well, when Sega comes out with their next console, then, you know, let's let's do a game for that. And that's where oh. Resident Evil Code Veronica kind of came from. Okay. Some... Okay. They were focused on like trying to do a Cole Veronica style game, but the Sega Saturn couldn't handle it. Right. I love that. Fucking Saturn. No, because some people had told me, and like, uh, you guys know this isn't a history lesson podcast or anything. I do find this kind of stuff interesting. And a few people have told me that it was like, originally this was going to be like three or four or fucking something. Like it was a plan. And then they, they had to kind of shoehorn it into the franchise by just giving it this weird fucking name. And I think the name is a deterrent to it because I think like I was one who looked at it as like, it's not one of the mainline games. It's a spinoff. I don't want to play it. But when you play it, like it picks up right after Resident Evil uh, 2. Like you're playing as Claire, same as you did in Resident Evil 2. And you're looking uh, for Chris. And like, it, like, I, I gotta say, dude, I, I was quite shocked. Like it was substantially better than I was expecting it to be. It, it looked like, it looked, I know this is going to sound stupid because it was a PS2 game, but like, it looked like a PS2 version of the original Resident Evil trilogy. It just looked like the same weird tank controls and everything, but just better, like just prettier and smoother and, and brighter and bigger. And uh, I, I'm, it, I'm thoroughly, it is better than some of the numbered entries in the franchise. I, it is, I don't care what anyone says it is. It's not perfect, but it's better than some of them. Yeah, it definitely has some warts, but yeah, I really do like it. I think it was worthwhile, you know, taking a look at it and, and you know, putting up against Resident Evil One, Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Three. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I just didn't want—I didn't want to get lost in the shuffle. That's all. No, absolutely. I—I'll be honest. I think it's better than Resident Evil One and Three. I don't think it's better than Two. I like Two more, but I do like it better than One and Three. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think the voice, dude. Okay, so. Uh, we got to get through a couple of these. I'm going to talk for a whole bunch longer after this. So I, I want to know your opinion. Uh, the, the voice acting. I, I fucking love it, but I'm curious, like, are you yay or nay on the voice acting? I love it. I, I, I'm, you know what? I, I'm, 
I'm nay on it now. Like I'm just kind of disappointed in myself for when I was a kid and I didn't realize how cheesy it was. Like it's so, <laughs> it's so cheesy. It's, it's so bad. It's, but it's no, it's per like, I want my voice acting at maximum cheese. And it's Steve, is that his name? That, oh yeah, for the record, we're going to spoil shit now. Like we're going to get into the game. We're going to spoil some shit. Steve is the best worst character in video game history. Fuck what a little that guy. I, <laughs> he's such a little bitch. I love him. He's such a fucking wiener. I, um, have you ever cared about like, or have you ever like had a protagonist or, or a supporting character that had such a bad backstory and such a tragic backstory that you really just didn't give a fuck about? No, like when he like, okay, again, spoilers, uh, like when he dies, like when he turns into that thing and he's like, he, I'm like, I, I was like, I was happy, but I like, cause I love the voice act, but I was like, I think they were shooting for you to be like, oh, Steve. And I was just like, ah, oh, fuck Steve. This looks good on him. Stupid loser. I hate this fucking guy. <laughs> um, Claire, dude, Claire is fucking after Leon. I think Claire might be my favorite, like, uh, well, maybe Ethan in the newer games, but I really like Claire. I think she's fucking rad. No, Claire's cool because she's like your everyday person. You know what I mean? She just came into the the Resident Evil thing looking for her brother, and she's now you know some badass that's just uh, you know taking care of business. So I, yeah. I love Claire. She's yeah. awesome. She's a beast. I gotta say, my big gripe, I get not gripe, but like I didn't. I wanted to know what you think. Like, I, I found the story in this game. Like, I like a lot of you guys. I've never fully understood the story in any Resident Evil game ever. Like, I just don't think I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. But like, I, I, I saw a lot of people completely piling on the story. I didn't think the story sucked. I wasn't, I kind of understood it, but I kind of didn't. I just thought the villain kind of sucked. I was some fun playing it, but I didn't quite understand the story, but I'm just curious. Are you like, what do you, what do you think? Like, I don't know. I thought the story was kind of, I thought the story was okay. I thought it had a decent story personally. Like it was cool to see Albert Wesker come back. Cause that was the first time you had seen Wesker since he got killed quote unquote in, in resident evil one right so he came back and, he, and now he's like some badass that's got you know fucked up eyes and just like you know tearing shit up matrix styles so i thought that was really cool um that fucking cheesy dude with the sniper rifle alfred oh yeah. my god like <laughs> the, 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 the sniper rifle with the laser sight that he can't hit anything with <laughs> Like he's a worse shot than me. And I literally have no depth perception in one eye and I'm a better shot than that fucking guy. And I love that. Like he keeps shooting at you and you take cover and then it'd be like, I, he's not going to hit you anyway. You can just walk out there and talk to him. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but I just like, I thought he was weird. And I thought the whole relationship with his sister was fucking weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but like, it wasn't the worst story ever. It's just, I don't understand the, re I like, if you asked me right now, if you sat me down and like, can you tell me what's going on in the resident evil games? I'd be like, nope. <laughs> like Umbra Umbrella Corporation made zombies. And that's all I know. Um, <laughs> but like, I still enjoy, like, I, I, I enjoyed it. Like, I was like, I got a guy to go after. I will say the villain is fucking hateable. The little wiener with the fucking shot, the gun that he can't shoot anybody with. Like, I was like, I'm ready to kill you. Like, I want to get him. Um, I liked that. I will say too, it's a lot of backtracking. And I will, oh. I, like almost too much. Yeah. Like not, it didn't, it didn't ruin the game for me. But there is a lot of backtracking in this game, even by Resident Evil standards, in my opinion. There is. That is one big criticism about the game, you know, the backtracking. I mean, if you know exactly what to do, where to go, it it takes a, a little bit of that out. But you, yeah. you really have to know the game to not have to backtrack much. And even if you do, you still have to backtrack. And 
you know, it, it does get confusing because a lot of those rooms look the same. Like it's like, yeah. it's one, you know, one thing it looks like it's in the training facility and you're supposed to be in the mansion and it looks like it's in the mansion, but it's not like I was using that map like crazy when I was playing that game. Yeah. I found it a little irritating sometimes to have to be like, okay, so do I want to go to the training facility or the airport or the fucking mansion? And it was just like, and then like, it would take like a minute to get to the next place only to find out like, nope, this isn't where I was supposed to fucking go. And now I got to go all the way back. And like, as opposed to like say resident evil one, where you're basically just in the mansion. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was great that they expanded the world. There were just times where I was just like, fuck me. Like, I wish it was like a fast travel system. Like just that would have been yeah. a godsend. A fast travel system would have been a godsend. I agree. And then, you know, you've got that infamous skeleton painting that, uh, fuck <laughs> I'll get into the skeleton painting when we get into the rest of this fucking podcast, that skeleton, I'll hate paintings of skeletons for the rest of my life. And if you're wondering why it costs me an hour of my life and you'll fucking find out more in a few minutes when Patrick and I fucking break this game down in, in fucking full detail. Um, other than that though, man, like I got to say, like, I'll get more into my final thoughts on it in a minute, but like, I, I liked far more about this game than I disliked. So um, I'm just going to shut up. Like the floor is yours for a minute. Is there anything big, either a pro or a con in this game that we haven't talked about yet that you think you'd like to just weigh in on? Cause the, the world's listening. If there's something uh, you're passionate about in this game. No, I, I, like I said, I just, I, I like the game. Like, you know, it's, it's not the best Resident Evil game. It's not the worst, but it's definitely, if, if you're a survival horror fan, it's one of the, it's definitely worth a look. It's, it doesn't fall into the, the shit cesspool that, you know, Resident Evil spinoffs can become. Um, no. So, you know, I wouldn't sleep on it, but um fucking steve steve is a piece of shit <laughs> I, I swear to god if like if if there was friendly fire in this I, he would get the merrill treatment that motherfucker <laughs> the people that know no shout out to anyone that gets that reference if you don't know we're not i don't want to paint a bad picture of rick but it's really funny it's fucking hilarious <laughs> it's uh, no steve is like the tales of resident evil he fucking sucks but i agree with you this game like to me this game is like the b tier of resident evil like to me the a tier is like resident evil 4 resident evil 7 resident evil 2 remake like those are like the gems but to me this one is there with like resident evil 2 like the original resident evil 2 i would put this in the same class as like resident evil village resident evil five like uh, to me it's that middle like it's a good game this game is if especially i will say to all you listening if you like the original trilogy like the ps1 2 3 resident evils uh this is this is uh, absolute you'll like this like this is a better version of those three games in my opinion um like fancier looking i like it i'm trying to think of how to fucking score it uh what if because there's eight resident evils Okay. If you don't, if you don't count zero, we're not counting zero. Zero fucking sucks anyway. We're not counting zero. So, of so we'll count. We'll score it out of eight because there's eight mainline Resident Evil games. So out of eight, Rick, what would you score? Uh, Resident Evil. I'm gonna call it Code Veronica X because that's when I played. I don't think they're all called X, but whatever. What would you score Resident Evil Code Veronica X X yeah, Veronica whatever? <laughs> um, yeah, I'd have to give it like that solid six out of eight, six point five out of eight. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. It's a, I mean, I'll give you guys my score and I got to make sure I write this down. So I remember to score it out of eight when we record this, but uh, I, I think that's, yeah, it's a, it's like, have you played, I'm going to, we're going to wrap this up, but have you played any other Resident Evil spinoff games? Like other than this one? Yeah, I've played a lot of them, unfortunately. Are there any other like non mainline numbered Resident Evil games worth my time? Like this one was, this one was a blast. Um, zero is good like it's not bad 
but like no there's some bad residual games that you're just it's not worth in my opinion anyways but you know i'm sure there'll be plenty of people that'll write into you and say (laughs) yes there will ah fuck well you know what i gotta say dude thank you for fucking pushing me to play this because i never would have touched this game otherwise and now not only do i like this game a lot but i'm like i hope we get a remake like i would love to see a like we're remaking resident evil 2 the remake in resident evil 3 the remake in resident evil 4 i'd like to see this one get the resident evil 2 remake treatment because like there's really, a really yeah. good fucking game here man i really think it needs it i think this game could benefit from it um it, that resident evil 2 remake treatment would be fantastic there is a fan-made one that they're working on i heard but i'd, I'd love for capcom to get you know sink their teeth into it but who knows Me too. Yeah, it's fucking Capcom. They're fucking fucking game <laughs> developers. Uh, Rick, buddy, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign this out and then get to the, my chat with Patrick to break down more of this. But uh, dude, thank you so much for not only your generosity and your support of the show, but for picking this game because this game fucking kicks ass. I'm glad I played it. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, so joining me via the blank phone this week is a good buddy of mine returning to the show, and you're the perfect guest for this episode because you and I talked Resident Evil 4 like fucking 10 years ago, so or like yeah. two years ago, fucking whatever. Uh, so this is going to be great, but it's, uh, it's my buddy Patrick. So before anything, uh, I'll ask, how's it, how's it going, man? How's life? Oh, it's pretty good, man. Yeah? It's good. It's good, yeah. Things, not- you know, things are opening back up and enjoy outside a little bit more and yeah it feels like society has defeated the umbrella corp and we're allowed to like do things again so um and for anybody okay so two quick things i want to get out of the way before we get into this discussion uh number one for everyone that's gonna be like oh did you know that the backstory of this game was this because i have gotten so many messages from people being like oh this game was technically this or this game was supposed to be this uh if you've never listened to remember the game we don't really get into that kind of stuff so we're probably not going to get too far into it so if I say something wrong, please don't yell at me. Plus, I've read the story of the development of this game three times and still don't entirely understand what the fuck happened. It was going to be a port to Sega Saturn, and then it was going to be a new game, and then they were like, we'll make it for the Dreamcast, and then it was going to be Resident Evil 3, but then it wasn't, and I don't fucking know what's going on. So please don't yell at me if we get the backstory of how this game was developed wrong, because that's not the type of podcast we are. And second of all, we are going to spoil stuff. Uh, Patrick and I just agreed on that. So if you've never played this game, we are going to spoil things. Having said that, and uh, Patrick, I, I want to know what you think. I don't think I'm going to spoil too much of the story for anybody because truth be told, I have no fucking idea what's going on in this game. I, I don't know what's going on in this game, man. Like, and that's that's something that plagues Resident Evil to me, like kind of as a whole. I, I was thinking about it before you and I sat down today and I was like, if you offered me a million dollars to just tell you what happens from Resident Evil 1 to Resident Evil 8, I would be like, I don't really need your million dollars because I have no fucking idea what's happening in this franchise. No, and I'm not shitting on it. I like Resident Evil. But all I know is Umbrella Corporation lives under a mansion and makes zombies. After that, I have no (laughs) fucking clue. Like, do you know any more about it than I do or what? Like, No, and I I think that's why this is such a strange game to me because it, it sits in this like, it, it's like nestled in this in this period where it's technically part of the storyline, but it it seems to be this complete offshoot to me. Like I always thought this was just its own standalone game that didn't tie in at all when I first played it, <laughs> and me. then I later learned that it, it you know was supposed to be Resident Evil Two or Resident Evil Three or whatever the story is about it. Yeah, and uh, and, and so it's 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 such a good game that I, I think I forget 
I always think like one, two, three, four, and it continues from there. And I, I, I forget about this game and it was nice to go back and, and look at it again. and remember how much I, I do like this game. Yeah. And that's the other kicker. Like, cause I'm newer to resident evil. Like the only ones I played on release were four and five. And then I went back and played one, two, three. I've played seven. Now I've played eight. I've played two remake. Like I can't believe I've become a resident evil fan considering what a pussy I am, but I have become a resident <laughs> evil fan, but like I've always, there's so many, like spin-off right like there's the obvious like the the main numerical resident evils like the ones i just listed but then there's like there's resident evil code veronica there's resident evil revelations there's all these other weird games and i've always just kind of assumed that they were all shit and whether they're that's fair or unfair like i never knew i'm like are these all just weird spin-offs like for them to try to make more money and i don't like i don't need to play yeah. these like like that- i always i've always looked at resident evil as like the mainline numerical entries are like the big theatrical releases and then these spin-off titles like revelations and code veronica and stuff were like the straight to dvd exactly yeah that's you know? that's exactly what i was what i was trying to say like that's exactly how i felt about this game yeah. like I, I didn't really understand where it fit when I when I got it as a kid, and uh, but I really enjoyed it. But it's like I never think about it. I I, I put it in that same kind of category as like Outbreak and and uh, Revelations and stuff. Where they're some of those are good games, but they they I don't really understand where they fit into the the storyline of things, and right. they don't like they don't fit numerically. So I'm like, yeah, there's you know seven of these games, and. Uh, and uh, and that's all there is. <laughs> yeah, and what's funny about this game is like, so Rick, the guy that sponsored this episode, as I've already talked to him about it, was like, he's a big Resident Evil fan, and he's like, this this is like, if you're gonna play one of the non-numbered entries, he's like, this is the one. And I, I yeah, sat I agree down, with that. and I right, and now I do too. Like, I, granted, I don't know how all the other ones are, but I sat down and played this game, and aside from the story, which we're gonna get into, um, I was like, this holds up. I'm like, this is, I, I think, frankly. This is, I think it's better than some of the mainline Resident Evil games. Like, I think this is a better, like, it's fucking not even in the same discussion as Resident Evil 6. That game's a steaming pile of shit. Um, I think this game is better than Resident Evil 3, personally. I think it's on par with Resident Evil 1. Like, I, like, it's a, I, it's a good, it's, other than this story, like, there, I have some gripes with it, but it's more Resident Evil. It's more problem-solving, fighting zombies, yeah. weird tank yeah. controls, fixed camera stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that the crappy storyline that the resident Evil, the not crappy, the confusing over encumbered storyline that the main resident evil games has almost does this game a favor because I'm like, I don't know how the story really fits into the other games, but it doesn't matter. Cause I don't know how the main story games fit into the main story. Yeah. So it yeah. doesn't hurt it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now this one for anyone that doesn't know is a direct sequel to resident evil two. Like you play as Claire, much like you did in Resident Evil 2, and she's still looking for her brother. And I'm not going to get into the whole development history. Uh, my understanding is that this was originally going to be like the sequel to Resident Evil 2. Then they changed it and made Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil 3, and then this became whatever it was. But like, I would highly recommend you play Resident Evil 2 before you play this game. Um, because Claire, like Claire, dude, and for the record, Claire's a fucking badass. I love Claire Redford. Yeah. Like she's one of the cooler characters in the franchise. Um, but you basically like, okay, we'll get into the story later. I want to talk about the game itself because Patrick, you and I talked about Resident Evil four and we talked about this off air before we got started. Like Resident Evil four is such a revolutionary leap for this franchise. I would argue, and I'll ask if you've got any ideas, like that might be the biggest jump from one game to another as like, as far as like design and everything 
like maybe in gaming like resident evil 3 to resident evil 4 is just astronomical leap as far as the technology and the design goes yeah i can't really think of another game that that really did something like that i think we talked about that when we did resident evil 4 it's like i can't think of another game that 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 made such like a tonal shift in, in the gameplay yeah, it reinvented um, the whole franchise. Yeah, like that yeah. jump. Yeah, and then yeah, and then yeah, they reinvented it. Even like even in the newer ones when they're first person shooters, like I think the game lends itself well to play that way as well. Me too. Yeah, I think Resident Evil Seven is fucking outstanding. Like yeah. I, it's yeah. yeah, it's so good. Um, but then you're playing this game, and again, putting aside the whole like, well, this was supposed to be the sequel to Resident Evil Two, and blah 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 blah. Like playing it, I was like this this plays like this is resident evil 3.5 because it, it plays like a it's a p like i played it on ps2 and i was like yeah. this is basically the ps1 resident evils with the fixed camera and the tank controls and the the controls that some people hate and stuff like that but just with better graphics and better cutscenes and stuff like that but it's not resident evil 4 um yeah yeah it's almost it, like uh like we were talking before um it, it it seems like the game that Resident Evil Four you would have thought would have been mm-hmm. just like the the next iteration of of that formula done a little bit better a little bit nicer better graphics yeah like it was like I don't know the PS2 as well as some people and I know this game's on everything I'm just I'm referring to the PS2 version because that's where I play where did you play yeah this that's game? I I played I played yeah the the Veronica Code Veronica X the, yeah. like the the version that they put out on the PS2 is the the one that I played okay so like. I always like I always talk about the Super Nintendo and how it basically takes NES games and just pumps them full of steroids and makes them better, mm-hmm. like you know Mario, mm-hmm. Zelda, all those things. And the PS2 did that with some franchises too, like Metal Gear Solid 2 is a hyped up Metal Gear Solid, Twisted Metal Black is a better looking version of Twisted Metal, you know, etc. Yeah. So on and so forth. And that's exactly what this feels like to me. This is like Super Nintendo Resident Evil to the PS1's NES resident evil and uh i think that was the thing i enjoyed about it the most actually as someone that likes resident evil one two and three i like the tank controls i actually think as much as some people hate them they lend themselves so well to these style of yeah. games i was surprised at um how quick i was able to get back into into playing this game with those controls because that's something i always worry about going back to older resident evils especially with like the the resident evil 2 remake and the 3 remake and stuff where you can play a, a version of those games but with modern controls uh you go back to this and it takes very little time to get back into those controls and even though like you you can't when you think about it you i kind of dread like playing it again because i go oh it's gonna have old style controls and it's gonna be very difficult to play but you, you fall back into the groove of it pretty quickly yeah and the thing is like i just finished playing uh dino crisis you guys will be getting an episode on that in a couple of weeks nice uh, another PS1 Capcom game. It's basically Resident Evil with dinosaurs. With that, yeah, with dinosaurs. Um, yeah. But I found that the tank controls did it like they they work in that game as well. But I found them a little harder when I was up against opponents like dinosaurs that run really fast and can eat me. Whereas yeah, like when yeah. you're fighting zombies that are slow moving and you can kind of just walk around them most of the time unless you're surrounded. Like I actually yeah. find like I like that control scheme for these types of games. Like I sat down and played <laughs> this, and the only time. And I'm going to get into it because it's probably my single biggest gripe with this game. The only time I found the controls irritating in this game were when I had to fight bosses. And it kind of turned into more of an action-y style thing. Yeah. And I was like, that these yeah. controls don't work for that fucking at all. At all. Yeah, the, the, the only time I don't like it is when um, when you get cut, when you kind of, you get caught in a, in a part where it stitches two, two camera angles together. So you kind of jump the line between, you know, one shot of one way and then it's looking 
down another way and sometimes the enemies end up being off screen and you're firing into something that you can't see yeah and you have to kind of guess or you have to wait for for enemies to kind of get closer to you that's the only time i find it irritating where you get caught in this part where you kind of split between two separate camera angles yeah the fix- and then it gets a little the camera's fucking annoying because i don't know i don't know if the camera in these games was like a because a lot of ps1 games had the camera like this like the set camera and then as you move it would go to a new fixed position and stuff like that yeah. and i get i don't i assume that is it was more of a less of a design choice and more of a like there's technical limitations on this thing like we need the camera to be fixed. I, I well i i think it's it's to emulate like a movie right like right. i think uh one thing about the resident evil series has always been trying to kind of um bring in those influences of like action movies and things like that right so you get these these interesting kind of uh camera angles which aren't always the greatest for the the gameplay but they are interesting to look at it's much more interesting than a you know an entirely over the shoulder all the time or or you know one one static shot constantly that's a good point you're right and it like two-thirds of the time the camera doesn't bother me at all but then the mm-hmm. other third, yeah. like you said, like to me, where it gets irritating is when you know there are enemies, but you can't see them. And then if you're like, yeah. well, if I wa- how much further forward do I have to walk to trigger yeah. a different camera angle? And how close am I getting to this fucking zombie? Like that is like, oh my god, that like, and I don't think it killed me too often outside of the boss, dude. I, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna rant about the boss fights. It's fucking killer. Yeah. But like, yeah, most for the most part, I don't hate the camera. I love the controls. I I will or I like the controls. I don't love them. Uh, I will say too, like, uh, surprisingly good looking video game. Like it really looked like I played it for the first time in 2022. And I was like, this, I, I think this is aged surprisingly well. Like it's, I, I, I have no, were you playing, were you playing, were you playing like the, the, the PS2 version or were you playing the, the, yeah. the remap? No, the, the PS2, like the actual disc okay. PS2 yeah, version. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. okay. And I was, I was surprised. I was like, you know, it obviously doesn't look like Resident Evil 2 remake or anything, um, but it was a good looking video game. Like it was one thing that drives me crazy about PS1 games like Resident Evil and, you know, I just finished Dino Crisis is the nonstop just mashing of X while you look at the wall, hoping that you're going to find something you can interact with. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they, they yeah. have a hard time differentiating between what's just background and what is something you can interact with. And I yeah. didn't find that to be... Granted, this is a PS2 game, not a PS1 game. But like, I could see the leap because I was like, I had no issues with that at all in this game. Or very few. Well, well, this this was also, I think, the first Resident Evil game that didn't have those... Um, like the pre-rendered backgrounds where it looks like it's, it's like you're playing on top of a painting. Right. Everything was, was, uh, uh, I don't know uh, the correct terminology for it, but it like, for lack of a better term, like it was animated at the same time that the characters were rather than having those pre-rendered backgrounds that would load and you'd kind of play on top of. Yeah. Which was like the PS one's calling card. And especially, especially in resident evil. Yeah. Really. And you see it in a lot of Capcom games. Onimusha was the same way. They do the same kind of thing. And it looks cool. It definitely lends to a certain aesthetic. But um, I think that's where you see the biggest, like, graphical jump in this game is everything now looks the same. It doesn't look – there isn't, like, a two-tone shift to the background and the foreground or or the characters. Right. And that's, like, so what I liked – and what I liked about that in this game was that, like, if you've never played a Resident Evil game by chance, I guess, like, especially the old ones, it's a lot of puzzle solving. Like, they're kind of, I would say, like, they're obviously survival horror games, but they're, like, 30% puzzle. Like, you find different things. You got to figure out, like, oh, I got this fucking disc with a bird on it. I know there's somewhere in this fucking police station mansion 
fucking army base wherever you are there's somewhere i'm gonna have to put this disc to make it work or you flip it around and find a card in the back of it or fucking whatever and i will say that like compared to the uh original trilogy like i didn't find the puzzles very hard to solve in this one and i think a lot of that was because of the better graphics and things like that like there's some dude there's a puzzle in this one where you have to figure out the order of these like seven paintings and they're like yeah. the seven generations of the family that is like the main protagonist in this game or the main antagonist. I mean, and you need to figure out like they, it's almost like one of those logic puzzles where they give you a couple of hints like, Oh, well the, the oldest one had a mustache and then they had twins, and one of the twins, <laughs> but I actually loved that puzzle and I found it very, I was, it was satisfying. And I was like the graphics, like the increase from the PS one to the PS two made it so that I could see the paintings better. And so I was like, that's a great, yeah. like I never got stuck on any puzzles for very long in this game. I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah. The, the only part I got stuck on, and this is not the game's fault, so I'm not going to take any points off or anything, but, like, you you played this. You remember. Did you remember there's a part where you get a painting of, like, a skeleton pirate? The skeleton paint, Yeah. Bro, yeah. I I was streaming it. I spent an hour and a half running around this fucking mansion thing and this lab and all these places, and I was like, I've literally gone into every room in this house. I do not know where to take this fucking pirate painting. And the only room in the house I didn't in the game I didn't go into was a save room where I thought it was nothing yeah. but a safe room and it turned out that was where yeah. I had to hang the painting. Yeah. And I <laughs> I was so mad, but I was like it's not its fault. Now I will say as much as it's not its fault, other Resident Evil games suffer from this too. Uh, but I found Code Veronica almost frustrating with the amount of backtracking sometimes. Yeah, so that was something I, I had kind of noted down is you go to so many places back and forth. Right. And it and I was trying to think about like that had that that's something they've I feel like they've always kind of done with Resident Evil and I think that might lend to maybe limitations of games where here's four or five or six different spots and you kinda of bounce between them, but it feels very prevalent in this game, like uh, I did a list of kind of the, the areas that you go to and you bounce between like the palace and the prison and the underwater and the military facility so many times. It is like, it, it's almost like comical because you feel like in the first hour of the game, I think you go to four or five different places and, yeah. and then the rest of the game is just a, a repeat of that until you get to like the, uh, after the plane section of the game. Yeah. And I think what Which, you're, sorry, go ahead. And so like, I was going to say that, um, when you want to talk about like biggest frustration of the game due to puzzles or, or something that's your own fault, that that's where mine comes in is that, that plane fight. So I remember the first time I played through this, when I first got it on the PlayStation two, I messed up that plane fight with the, uh, with the tyrant where oh. I didn't bring, I didn't bring any, I don't know if I didn't, I can't remember now if I didn't bring or I didn't have any of the, um, like any of the explosive arrows or the, or the, the uh, fire rounds or any of like the, the BOW rounds. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't defeat him. I kept doing like the pressing the button and the box would come down. And I didn't know that if you just did it, I think it's like five times, you'll eventually just knock him off. Dude. And I was, so I was just running around trying and I would do it one or, and I was thought like after three times, this has to be it. And he would end up killing me. And I, I remember I had it saved in a spot where I don't think I had a lot of life. And it was just one of those like unfortunate save files where you're like, I'm doomed. Like I can't do anything here. And it, it caused, it caused me to just never have completed this game yeah. uh, for the longest time. So there's, yeah, there's two major things that I want to gripe about and let's just fucking do them now. 
because now we're in the meat of the conversation and then we can bounce back into the positive to wrap this (laughs) thing up so it's nice number one the boss fight we'll get back to the backtracking because oh no you know what i'm gonna finish okay let's finish my thoughts on the backtracking then we'll get to the boss fights because that plane fight almost i almost quit playing like i came so close we'll get there but you one thing you brought up was like you're right you go from like the palace to the fucking the the base to this to that and i think the problem is that like in resident evil one there's a lot of backtracking and stuff but it's basically just a giant mansion and resident evil 2 is a lot of backtracking but a big chunk of it you're just in a police station this game like i respect the fact that they they have three or four different areas but there's no fast travel system or anything and no you're yeah you're just running through it especially like when you have to get to like when you do the tyrant like the ground fight and you've got it's like four or five minutes to get back to you gotta go all the way through the mansion all the way back to the sub and and take this to the plane and yeah oh man it was so obnoxious and the thing was like yeah. even like you find a new puzzle thing like I, I had that dude it's not the game's fault that i'm an idiot and couldn't remember where that skeleton painting went but there are a whole bunch of different times in this game where you'll pick up and you'll find a new item a new key card or a new a skeleton painting or a new lock thing or something and then you're like i have no idea where this goes so you're like i kind of have to do a clean sweep of the game to find it and if you're centralized in one area that's not a difficult thing to do. But when you've got like four mini areas to travel to and go look and you don't know where you're supposed to go, it can be so tedious to go from one to another to another. And then by, you've done all of them and you're like, I didn't see it. So you're like, well, fuck, I guess I got to start this whole loop over again. Load screens and middle areas where there's no enemies and you're just <laughs> running to a new place or that fucking submarine that you have to like go through the animation of going down the ladder, opening the yeah, sub, getting yeah. it. That drove me fucking insane. Like yeah. a fast travel system, which I know maybe would take away from a resident evil game because they want you to run sure. through and deal with the zombies and stuff yeah. but god yeah. this game would have benefited from some form of fast travel like something ah oh, drove me <laughs> fucking bananas and dude that fucking palace where the two bedrooms are up at the top yeah. And every time you go in, you've got to hike up like fucking eight flights of stairs and deal with the bats and the fucking zombies. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I try not to kill a lot in Resident Evil games because I'm, I'm cheap and I want to save my ammo. But finally, yeah. I'm like, I got to fight some of these guys. But it was just, oh, and I'd hike all the way to yeah. the top of that fucking place only to find out, like, there's one point where, do you remember the two bedrooms each have like a record player in them? And there's yes. like a crystal ant or something that you like get to put in one. Yeah. So I got one hike all the way to the top of this fucking palace, drop it in. I'm like, boom. And then it turns out like, oh no, that's great. But this wasn't where you're supposed to go yet. You don't have the other one. And then I'm like, hike all the way back down. (laughs) Fuck you. So that was outside of the bosses. That was the thing that drove me the the, the craziest in this game. I have no beef with backtracking, but the backtracking from area to area gets really fucking It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. It feels like a lot. And I don't know if it just feels like a lot because you're switching locations. Like, when you're when you're in just a police station, you're backtracking through an area that like you're like okay, you start to, you know the entire layout of that one yeah. building, and you feel like you're you're inside that whole thing. But I think because you're going to so many locations, it feels like you're traveling so much. You see so much in such a short time as you move through these things. Yeah, it's nice. Like, I I, I respect that they like expanded. Like I get that they were they were like, well, we have more. I don't know, fucking megabytes of RAM or whatever the fuck it is, is in video that games. That's right. They're like, that yeah, we right. yeah, we have more megabytes of RAM. So they're like, we can do whatever <laughs> we want now. But at the same time, giving me four different areas to fucking work through, jaw. Like, yeah. oh my God. And then the boss fights, dude. I, I just going to say, this is not exclusive to Resident Evil. Every Resident, or Resident Evil Code Veronica, pardon me, every Resident Evil game up to Resident Evil 4, and even some of the ones after Resident Evil 4, 
I hate like 80% of the boss fights because I feel like some of them you're expected to treat it like a regular boss fight. The enemy's a bullet sponge, pump them full of everything you got, kill them. Other ones, there's like a puzzle you need to solve, but you're not sure if you are, so then you waste all your ammo only to find out that's not what you're supposed to do anyway. And those <laughs> fucking tank controls and the shifting camera yeah. don't lend yeah. themselves to action fights at all. And that fight where you fight the tyrant on that fucking plane, I, yeah. I died so many times. Yeah. If you've never played this game... You get on this, like, you escape the first half of the game. You get on a plane, and you're like, la, 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 like, me and Steve. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about Steve, too. He fucking sucks. Oh, I got lots to say about Steve. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to Steve. But you get on this fucking plane, and you get out of this police station or wherever the fuck you are, the mansion, whatever, and then this big, giant bad guy is on the plane with you. But the problem is that you save when you're on the plane, and then whatever you had for supplies, that's all there is. Like there's a there's your box there, your crate where you can do yeah. stuff. But if you didn't pick up a bunch of ammo in the mansion or didn't find it or whatever, like you're fucked when you're on that plane. Because then you go to that. You, whoa, I'm getting fucking mad. You go to that back you, and you fight the tyrant, and they're like, should you hit this switch to shoot this box at him to knock him off the back of the plane, or should I just shoot him with ammo to try to kill him, or should I do yeah. both? And the camera switches fucking about halfway down the length of the plane so then you never idea where yeah. he is if he's out of it and it's just so many people that were watching my stream were like i quit here and never finished the game and i was like yeah i was, I was I'm, so I'm, I'm actually happy to hear that because i've gone through my entire life thinking about this game like somewhere out there there's a there's a there's a playstation 2 memory card with a save file of just a pathetic game uh, that that i i'm stuck with no like barely any ammo none of the right <laughs> ammo that i need uh, like very little health because before that plane fight, you have to fight the tyrant on the ground. And I think that's where I lost a lot of stuff trying to like take him out and run past. And, and I can't remember if I left like the bow rounds in the, in the, um, one of those, um, all those stupid the metal, metal detector the metal, boxes. Yeah. The metal detectors or I, or I just didn't have it because there, there is a, like, there's a, there's a storage box in the plane, but I don't remember there being like, I don't remember having enough ammo or anything in there. And I just was over and over, and I was like, I, I think I, I don't think I can beat this because I don't have the, the proper. Because someone had told, like a friend of mine was like, oh, you have to have the exploding arrows, or you have to have the, the, the fire rounds, or whatever, and you shoot that at them to knock them to the edge, and that's what does it. And I didn't, not till years later, did I learned like, oh, as long as you just can hit the button five times, oh. it'll eventually knock them off there. But I never, I didn't know that, and. And I thought about that for so long. And maybe that's the reason this game is like, I kind of blanket out of my memory where I'm like, it's not really a Resident Evil game because uh, I was just upset that I couldn't get past that part. Well, but now here's something that's crazy is I didn't know you could kill him by just hitting the box five times. I finally looked up a walkthrough and they said, just keep shooting him until he gets all bloody. Then you can hit him with the box and it'll knock him off the back. So that was what I did. Yeah, I heard, yeah it's like it takes like 20 arrows or but something like, and then you can hit them one it's time it's just it like it's so like to me you go to the back half of this plane the cargo bay is open there's this giant creature and there's a switch where when you push it like a giant box slides to the back of the plane hits him almost knocks him off the back and then he fights back and then you have to wait for the box launcher to reload <laughs> yeah, so you can do it again yeah. so like to me yeah. the table is set to like well you just have to lure him to the back of the plane and then hit him with the box and it's like well that's not what you have to do but that's sure and what that's it seems exactly like. what i tried to do yeah exactly. i tried to run all the way to the back lead him there then run back and he'd always like get there before i i could do it and it, was, it would just i'd take damage after damage until i, I died oh. I was so mad at that fight. And then when you finally solved that fight, I was like, is that the end of the game? Because I was done. I was like, I don't want to. I, 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 thought, I thought it was the end of the game. It seems I, like it. And you're like, I don't want to even yeah. play this anymore. Nope. Then it turns yeah. out you crash at an Arctic base and there's a whole second half of the game, which yeah. also has one boss fight in it. 
And it's the part where you have to, again, we're spoiling everything, everybody. Sorry, this game's like 20 plus years old. Uh, where you have to fight Steve when Steve becomes like a fucking mutant. And all you have to do uh. is run away from him down that hallway and get to that locked cage. Yeah. Bro, I died there almost as many times as I did on the plane because I didn't have enough shit to fight him. And then I finally looked up a YouTube video of it. And you can just like, you can beat him without hitting him with anything. There's a way yeah. to like dodge around him and go. But I was just like... I don't I I won't ever ever move off this point. As much as I like the Resident Evil games, Resident Evil boss fights, like 80% of them are hot trash. I hate them. I yeah, hate them. The the very last one is very aggravating. Oh, yeah. The so, uh, Alexia one. Yeah, I won't lie to you. I never actually beat the game. I got I couldn't beat I couldn't win it. No, I, neither I have I, but I, I watched a, I watched a, a playthrough of it and it looked very aggravating. Yeah, I did the same. I looked it up so I could knew how it ended. Um, so those like, I'm trying to think, cause I want to talk about Steve because there's some gripes with fucking Steve, too. <laughs> but like personally speaking, like the, the, the consistent, it's not the skeleton painting that's on me. I don't, I'm not taking any points off this game for that. That's just me being an idiot, but the, the, the backtracking and having to go from area and area to travel or to backtrack. And then some of the fucking just obnoxious boss fights, that plane fight. Oh my God. Um, I hate those two. Those are probably my two biggest strikes about the game are those two things. I wonder um, if there's like a support help group for people who never made it past the, uh, the plane. That plate. plane? Dude, I'm telling you, I you wouldn't believe how many people in the stream that I was playing it on were like, yeah, I quit here too. I never got by. That makes me so happy. That makes yeah, me so happy. It made me feel better. It is a support group, <laughs> but it made me feel so much better. Um, but those are my two Remember biggest. Remember the game support group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck. So those are those are my two biggest gripes. Uh, I did quickly touch on the story. I, I don't want to like. I actually like Alfred, the fucking weenie little bad guy. I just don't really get. And again, spoilers. I guess he is his sister, or he like dresses like his sister, or something. Yeah, and, he's like the split personality, or whatever. Yeah. I don't have a beef with that. I thought he was kind of an interesting villain. I just don't entirely understand. The the the, the cutscenes that showed the two of them together when they were children are a bit unsettling. They are, yeah. Oh, dude, I was like, I was playing it, and I was like, oh, fuck off. Are we going the incest route here? And I think that's where it goes. And I was like, why? Did, what the fuck? Like, for anyone involved yeah. with writing Resident Evil, all you have to do is say Umbrella Corporation is this big conglomerate drug manufacturing company. They're evil. They make, like, drugs that turn people into zombies. And people like Leon and Claire and uh, what the fuck? What's Claire's brother uh, from Resident Evil yeah. 1? Chris, uh, like they're just out to stop them. Like that's all these games had to be. Yeah. But instead they're like, oh, here comes Wesker for like the ninth fucking time. And we don't <laughs> even know what he is anymore. But he works for this little wiener that has a laser sight sniper rifle but can never hit you. That was in yeah. love with his sister. But now his sister's a mutant. So now he is his sister kind of. But then his yeah. sister comes back near the end. It's like I – for a million dollars, I couldn't tell you what the fuck is going on in this game. I'm not even... It's, to me, it's not even a strike against the game at this point. I don't play Resident Evil for the story because I have no fucking idea what the story is. I just think they're fun games. Like, I have no fucking idea what's going on here. Yeah, well, I sure don't play the games for characters like fucking Steve. No, and there you go. So let's go into that. So, like, you play most of the game as Claire, and Claire's awesome. Anyone that played Resident Evil 2 knows Claire. She's a badass. Uh... But then she meets this fucking, like, prisoner, I guess. Is yeah. He, like, named yeah. Steve. Yeah. And he is yep. just 
the like I get I what they were... I can't imagine a more unlikable character in any right? Resident Evil series. I was so happy near the end when he mutated and then we got to like kill him. I was like, good, because you <laughs> fucking suck. He is the most obnoxious. It's like I get what they were trying to do, that he's the rebel without a cause, badass, like good looking guy. He obviously has a thing for hey, Claire. Is that what it's supposed to be? I think that's what they're trying to do. Of... But like he, he talk, like he sounds more feminine than Claire, and it's not that I have a beef with guys that sound feminine, but like his tone just doesn't fit his character he's so at all. Annoying. Like he, he sound- sounds like if the uh, the the guy from who did the voice for uh, is it, it Tino from the Weekenders? Yes, that's what he sounds like. He sounds like that guy, but if he was just uh, complaining all the time. Ah, uh, he's just he sounds like he's eight years old, and he's just so yeah. annoying, and he just keeps <laughs> popping up like Claire, help me. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Just leave him. Let him die. He sucks. We all hate yeah, him. Yeah, th- th- there's that one cut scene where he he kills his dad as a zombie and by unloading like the the Uzis on him. And I feel zero compassion for him None. in that situation. None. I have no None. compassion for him at any point. He is None. for my off the top of my head. He is the worst character in Resident Evil history. <laughs> he is awful. He should have been the protagonist of Resident Evil Six. Because he would have fit in at Resident Evil 6. <laughs> he is awful. That voice is like nails on a fucking chalkboard. Yeah. Like the part where he goes into that room where the two golden guns are. And like yeah, he's trapped and you got to come in and help him. And he's, Claire, help. Yeah. And then you get him out. And then he's like, what He's you like, think? look what I got. Yeah. These guns are mine. <laughs> and runs off. And I'm just like, dude, I hope you get eaten. I was like, you had better. If you don't die by the end of this game, uh, this game is getting a zero out of me. <laughs> but fortunately, he turns into this fucking weird mutant thing and just, uh, like, I don't even know. I mean, I guess the reason he's there is, like, you, you need to have somebody to, like, interact with and do things, I guess. Oh, wow. But, like, you couldn't come up with him. somebody better. Like, yeah. did the Like, did the voice actor for Steve call in sick the day they were doing those recordings? So then they had to, like, they were like, well... Paul brought his son to work. He's five. Let's have him be fucking <laughs> yeah. Steve. Like that's that's it's not feminine. Feminine's not the tone. It's that high pitched like young no, it's, pubescent it's just, voice. It's, it's, it's just annoying. Annoying. Yeah. Man. It's not, not. It's not. Yeah. It's not feminine. It's just. It's like whiny and complaining. Ah. Oh, yeah. I fucking hate it. Like I naughty kid. What a shit character. Fucking just yeah. and like and yeah. you know what doesn't help Steve at all is that Claire is like beloved and awesome. And then you put yeah. her next to fucking Steve. Ah, oh. yeah. ah, God! I it, do, it doesn't even like it doesn't even create like a contrast. You're like, I hate him so much, so I like Claire so much more. It's just like I hate the moments that I have to be around this character. Yes, and he just never goes away, and he yeah. fucking sucks. Oh my god. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. I I have nothing else to say about Steve. He is fucking horrible, fucking yeah. horrible. Uh, and oh, and like, dude, there's multiple times. That, so this game, if you've never played this game, when did this game come out? 2000? I'm looking right now. 2000. 2000. Yeah. There are several things in this game that have not aged well. There's a part where Claire gets mad at um, uh, the kid there. What's his name? Al- uh, Alfred, the boy, uh, like the guy, the main bad guy. She like, yeah. like gets mad at him for being like transgender or something. And I'm like, well, that's not okay. Pull back on that. A little oh, bit. That's, yeah. that's kind of hate filled. But then there's also yeah. parts where like Claire's almost unconscious. Cause she's like beat up and bloody. And Steve is like trying to put the moves on her. 
And I'm like, dude, you can't. That's that's illegal. You can't do that. I was like, and I'm like, dude, you get no wonder you guys fucking hid this game as a code name because it'll get you sued into oblivion by today's standards. Just like, I don't know. I uh, fucking everything about Steve, man. Fuck, I hate that kid. Um, (laughs) So you beat the plane, and then like I thought that was it. And I admittedly like I was I was like good because the the that fucking fight against the tyrant on the plane ruined me, and I was like I'm done with this game. I don't play this anymore. But then you crash into this fucking Arctic base and there's like a whole second half of the game. Um, yeah. And, and it's unfortunate that like the, the, the plane fight is what um, separates these two, because I feel like this is the better half of the game. That's what I was going to so say too. To play yeah. as, as Chris and like, it just seems like it, it seems more like a Resident Evil game. There's just much more action and uh, there's a lot more going on. You seem to have better weapons. And I like that you're in like a like an enclosed area for a long length of time. So then that eliminates that back traveling from yeah. one area to another. Yeah. You're just in this Arctic base and you get yeah. to know the layout. So then as you're solving problems like, oh, I need to release this toxic gas, but then I need a gas mask to wear in there with the gas and stuff like that. And they make it very solvable, which I like a lot. Like I, I to me, these old Resident Evil games function so much better when it's a closed quarters um, experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but oh, dude! Actually, another beef I have with this game, though, and the reason I couldn't beat it, dude, you can miss some of the best items in this game and have no fucking idea. Like I missed yeah. like the Magnum or whatever the fuck it was, like the best weapon. Like I had no fucking yeah. Clue. And Which then is what you need to to fight uh, Alexia. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, if I need this to fight the end of the game, maybe make it so I can get it. Oh, dude, there's something to do with like a fire hydrant or a fire extinguisher. Um. And if and it's empty and you can like get rid of it, but then if you don't bring it with you, then later on you can't fill it and then use it to get at these like weapons yeah, and stuff. What yeah, a stupid yeah. design decision that yeah. is. Awful. They give you one hint where you're like, you you're gonna need to refill this to use it again. I'm like, oh well, that means I can't get rid of it. Like exactly, but like, but then yeah. why let but me get rid of it? it? Yeah, because yeah. because classic Resident Evil style, your inventory is a goddamn nightmare in these games. Um, yeah. like you only have eight or ten <laughs> slots or whatever the fuck it is. So, yeah. like, why give me this fucking thing? Let me get rid of it and then be like, ah, you shouldn't have got rid of that useless thing because now you can't yeah. get the weapon you're going to need to beat the game. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like, even have Steve. Why? There you go. You know what would have redeemed Steve if he'd been like, Claire, you dropped this fire extinguisher, but I found it. And I would have been like, hey, thanks, yeah. man. But no, yeah. he doesn't even do that. Fucking useless piece of shit. Fuck this game. I thought I liked this <laughs> game, but now I'm starting to get fucking, now I'm sick of it. Now I'm fucking mad. <laughs> Um, so I guess, yeah, that is my other beef with this game is just, I, I do think that like, it kind of fucks you a couple of times. Like it kind of, it kind of does not, not like I couldn't beat it. I got stuck and I was like, maybe I'm not very good at these games, but I also didn't have these great weapons because I fucking got rid of this useless item that apparently I needed fucking way later. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, just don't let you get rid of it. That's all it is. Just don't let me get rid of it. Just say you can't discard this. And then yeah. I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, you know how, like, and don't tell me you can't fucking do that because, you know, in other Resident Evil games where, like, once you've used a key enough times, they're like, you don't need this key anymore. Yeah. You want to get rid of it? It's like, yeah. You're yeah, clearly breaking the fourth yeah. wall with that. So why not just and be like. And they do that. They do that in this game with another item. Yeah. You get that uh, key card at the start. So yeah. like, this is no longer useful. So then why not just tell me you're going to need this later or you can't discard this? That's all you'd have to fucking do. Ah. Yeah. Fuck you, Resident Evil Code Veronica. You fucking assholes. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, but I do agree with you, dude. I think the Arctic base is cool. I think the atmosphere of the Arctic base is cool. I love the giant. Yeah. Dude, the room where you go in and it's all frozen and you can see that mm-hmm. badass giant spider under the ice and you're like walking yeah. on top of it, but it can't get you until later on in the game. Um, I thought that was really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I agree with you 100%. The game picks up tenfold to me once you get to yeah, the Arctic Yeah, it, it feels more like uh, like what a Resident Evil game feels like i guess like in terms of tone and everything it seems um that that part is is like this is what the game should have been or i would have liked to have seen more of that maybe agreed yeah like i think that they were just trying to they were like we have more gigabytes of ram now they're like we can do more things (laughs) but i think that that hurt it more than helped it Um, but like the game the game i don't know how long it took you to get to where you were but i was watching some like playthroughs and stuff and it seems like five hours people can can clock through that game yeah it's not long i think i probably no. took me well i'm not kidding i burned over an hour trying to figure where to take that fucking pirate painting <laughs> i should have just looked it up but my stubborn ass yeah. was like i'll figure it yeah. out um but no it's not that long a game and one thing i actually like about the resident evil games is the replayability even if there's not a ton of like options as far as you know decision making and stuff like that um these games are really fun to like go back and speed run once you know where to go like these games yeah. lend themselves really well to that. And I, at some point I would like to take another run at this game, knowing that I got to get the fucking better weapon so that I could actually beat it. Um, Cause yeah, like when I got to the end and couldn't win that final boss fight, like I was a little steamed up because I was like the, 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 the plane. So the backtracking in the first half of the game irritated me. Then the plane fight made me so mad. Then trying to get away from Steve in that fucking hallway near the end of the game really irritated me then i got to the final boss couldn't win and then looked up the fact that i missed this fucking magnet and couldn't go back for it and i was just like i was like i i do like this game i want to love this game but there are certain things this game does where i'm like you you're fucking trolling me i swear to god you're just fucking with me with some of these decisions um and yeah i agree with you like i'd like to know what percentage of people that played it beat it um because the thing is like despite all of the shit that i just complained about like I don't know what you like. I, this is a good video game. Like I like this. Game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think I forgot how much I liked it. Like when I started playing it again, I was like, oh, like everything's still kind of stuck in my memory from yeah. it. And I think that's a sign of a good game, especially something that I I probably haven't played for twenty two years, like since it came out. I think sure. Um, I didn't. I I I played through it. I had my you know my my section of my life with it where I got to the place I got to and I just kind of abandoned it being like, I'll never play that again. Yeah. And the thing is like at this point, like resident evil one had its remake resident evil two and three got remakes. Resident evil four is getting a remake, um, which I don't think it needs. Like I'm going to play it day one. Cause it's resident evil four, oh, yeah. but I'm like, that game doesn't need a remake. Um, no. I, I would, I would fucking dude. How much would you love to see this game get the resident evil two remake treatment? Like that would be so awesome. Yeah, um, it would be. I get, mean, they. I mean, like, yeah, they they remastered. I think for the PlayStation Three, it looks a little bit nicer. But doing like the full, full HD, even yeah. if they change some of the stuff in the game and kind of make a game that's um, in the spirit of, but but it is you know it doesn't doesn't follow exactly along. But they they kind of make a new story or. or I would I would like that. I would love Plus it. Steve, that would be great, dude. Like recast steve. steve altogether fucking i want morgan freeman to fucking provide the voice for steve in a remake <laughs> just to make up for how shitty his voice is last time <laughs> steve, i'd like to say that claire helped me 
but she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he like burns up to death in that fucking like back room and stuff. Um, but no, like it, it. I know that maybe it sounded like I dunked on this game for the last like twenty five minutes, but like I, this is a good fucking. It's a good. It's it's not perfect. There are Resident Evil games that I like better than this game. Um, but like off the top of my head, of all the Resident Evils I played, like I would slot this like right around the middle. Like there's there's games that are worse. There's games that are better. I think. Frankly, I think this game is really good, and there are a couple of design decisions, which we just spent 20 minutes talking about. I think those design decisions keep it out of that... Like, I don't know about you, dude, but I put Resident Evil 2 Remake, Resident Evil 4, and Resident Evil 7 in an in a tier all of their own. Um, yeah, and I, I don't really think it's fair to compare those games to, to older ones. No, um, but like... Because they're... Yeah, of course. Are, yeah. But I just mean, like, if you're ranking the series, I'm like, those are the best ones. Those are, I think, the best representation of yeah what the what the series can be. But, but I, I, yeah, like I, I, this game absolutely. But like I personally, I think I like it better than the first Resident Evil, and I think I like it better than the third one off the PS One. Like I think I like I think I like Resident Evil Two the most of the original trilogy. I think this game is yeah. like right behind Resident Evil Two, and maybe that's just because I like Claire. But like for every instance where I got pissed off at this game because I was stuck at a boss or something like that, or Steve would fucking show up. There were like five instances where I was like, this is just a better looking, smoother PS one resident evil. And it was a lot of fun. And like, these games are so satisfying to solve the puzzles and stuff. Mm -hmm. So satisfying. Um, I just, (laughs) I have no idea what's, and again, I'm not going to dump on its story. I just have no fucking idea what's going on. No fucking idea. (laughs) I don't even like, I guess I don't. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Someone's gonna write in and be like, "Actually, fucking this and this," but yeah. I have no idea what the fuck is happening. Uh I think I'm done. Have you got? Is there anything we forgot? Like, is there anything else sticking out in this game that you want to like dunk on before we fucking wrap this thing up? No, no, we went pretty hard on Steve, and that's really what I wanted to take away. <laughs> Steve and that fucking tyrant boss, which fucking yeah. oh, I fucking hate him. Um, yeah. All right. Well, then, fuck. How are we gonna score? You know what? The the tyrant on the plane killed me at least fifteen times, so we'll score it out of fifteen. We'll do that. Um, what would you score Resident Evil? Now I should say I played Resident Evil Code Veronica X. I don't know if there's like a big difference. I think it's probably just. Uh, I, from what I understand, like the original Dreamcast version, it, it what X added was like ten more minutes of cutscenes that uh, it's like the Wesker stuff that. Um, kind of tie in his involvement to everything. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, that was my understanding of it. Okay, man, I, I, he's another one. Like, I love Wesker, but I don't know who the fuck. Like, who are you? Like, why do you yeah. keep popping up? I don't know who the fuck you are anymore. <laughs> um. All right. Well, then, if we're scoring this thing out of fifteen, what would you score? Uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica slash Code Veronica X slash whatever. I'd say probably like uh, eleven, twelve. Yeah. All right. I'm fucking, yeah, like, I'm, man, I'm very torn because, like, when I don't think about the stuff about this game that irritates me, I'm like, oh, this game's yeah. like 13. But There's then I a lot think, of stuff I hadn't thought about. Right? Then I think about stuff like yeah. Steve and that boss fight, and I'm like, ah, it's like an eight. I fucking hate those things. So, yeah, like. It, it's this weird, like, it's such a beloved game in the franchise that I forget about. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I'll give it, like, an 11. I think. I think it probably deserves more, but um, given I think that we spent so much time talking about negative stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, played. like you know what, dude. But I think as a whole, like this is this is a massive game for the Dreamcast, right? Sure. So you keep that in mind. Like it's arguably probably the best horror game that the Dreamcast had, and probably one of the better games that was on the system as a whole. Sure. 
And I mean, but I that I didn't have that experience with it, so I don't have that right you know, influencing that score. And I think it's a good game. I like honestly, of all the things I complained about, that fucking plane boss fight and the backtracking and the weird inventory and all the the thing that really like the thing that keeps me from being like, I love this game is that whole fucking fire extinguisher. You didn't get the best gun. And now the end of the game is almost impossible. Like, I just think that I just straight up think that's a bad decision that could have been remedied by simply not letting you get rid of this fire extinguisher. Like, I don't understand who thought that was a fucking great, like that. I thought that was an, not Frank, like not even a bad decision. I think that's an obnoxious. I guess it's a troll decision. Yeah. That seems weird for a weapon that isn't like, I can understand that if it was like, the upgrade to get like the M93, like the sure. the burst, and it's like okay, you missed an upgrade, but you still have a gun. Right but for it to be, you missed entirely a whole gun that's necessary like, to beat the boss. And then before anyone writes in and says you can beat it without that gun, I'm sure you can, but I'm not good enough, so I couldn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I could. It looks it looks difficult enough just with having the Magnum. Right. Yeah. 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 So, like, to me, that's its biggest, the biggest problem with this game. And if they remake it, just get rid of that. And I'd be like, this is a fucking top-tier Resident Evil game. Because it is a good video mm-hmm. game. I enjoyed my time yeah. with it. I love the way it looks. I, I like the way it plays. I like the characters, even though I don't know why they're there. Um, I, I just would like to... There's just a couple of things that I'd like to see cleaned up. Having said that, I wish I'd played this back in the day. Because that's a part of its problem, too, is that I played it after playing Resident Evil 4 and 7 and 8 and Resident Evil yeah, 2 Remake. Yeah. And it's so hard to, like, wipe those from my mind and consider this for what yeah. it is. Um, But it's a good game. It's better than, like... I, comparing it as, like, a PS2 jump from PS1, Uh, this is a better game than Metal Gear Solid 2. I'll fucking dig my heels in on that one, and you guys can yell at me if you really? want. I fucking hate Metal Gear Solid 2. This game is... Wow. Because at least this game didn't fake me out. It's like, hey, you're going to get to play as Claire. And then they're like, no, you get to play as Steve. Like, at least you get to play <laughs> as fucking Claire. Whereas Resident or Metal Gear Solid 2 was like, you want to yeah. be Solid Snake? Too bad. You get to play as yeah. Metal Gear Steve. So, um, I fuck, I hate that game. But uh, it's a good game. I liked it a lot. I'm glad we played it. Rick, thank you so much for uh, putting the bug in my ear and getting me to play it. Um, I'll ask you quickly before I sign off, Patrick, do you, are there any other non-numerical entries to the Resident Evil series that are worth my time that you know of? Uh, I have one that probably no one's going to agree with, but I have just, it's one of those time and place games. Uh, I really loved, um, Resident Evil Dead Aim. It's uh, it was a game for the PlayStation 2 that used a light gun okay. and it's all set on a cruise ship. Uh, it's not very long, but I really enjoyed it. It was just one of those things. I got it as a Christmas gift as a kid, and I, not no one else I knew had it, and I loved playing through it. Okay. Um, and that's just one that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be impossible probably to play now unless you're a collector of um, old peripherals like that. Sure. But, uh, that's yeah, that's the, a really good one. Okay, with the TVs that work and stuff with light guns. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. Poor, poor light guns. Um, yeah. All right, well, fair enough. I'm trying to think like because I really want to do an episode where I rank the Resident Evil games, and I think all I have left is zero. And I want to play one remake. Have you played three remake? Yeah, I did. Did you yeah. like it? But you like Resident Evil three a lot too, don't you? Yeah, see, Resident Evil three I think is my favorite of the of the like uh, original trilogy games like that. Yeah, um, it was it was good, but I think we had this conversation where I played it and I immediately forgot about it. Right. And you had asked me this, and I was like, no, I haven't played it. And then I looked, uh, and I was like, oh, I have played it, actually. Oh, okay. I, did, I played through the whole thing, and I kind of forgot about it. it. It Nowhere near the impact that the Resident Evil 2 remake had, but it was still fun to play Resident Evil in that 
um, you know, remastered universe with the controls okay. and everything. But yeah, then I'll, I'll it's not to... it's not it's not on par with the Resident Evil Two um, remake. Okay, I'll have to play it at some point. Dude, Resident Evil Two remake is a fucking yeah masterpiece. That game's fucking phenomenal. Um, hopefully, yeah. we get Resident Evil Code Veronica remake at some point because I really want to see this game get another. Like, if you're listening to this and you've not played this game, don't let any of the things we just dunked on keep you from playing it. Yeah, it's you, absolutely worth worth playing. Yeah, sure. if, if you like Resident Evil, this game is worth your time. Just know to not get rid of the fire extinguisher. Um, <laughs> and, you, and you'll have fun. It's it's a, it's a, it's a good video game. It's worth, it's worth a playthrough. Um, fucking A, Patrick. Thanks a lot for doing this, buddy. I, and thank yeah, you absolutely. for hating Steve as much as me. And uh, I, I would, uh, I would, though, now that you've said it, I would love to see a uh, Metal Gear Steve shirt design. Oh, Jesus Christ. Metal <laughs> Gear Steve. Fucking I, hope that, I hope that's the thing that, that uh, picks up from this episode. Uh, we might be, we'll all, get all them, of the fans. We'll get them printed on like, resin. we'll get them Metal printed Gear on Steve. poop bags. <laughs> It'll be like dog poop bags. Um, they, <laughs> fuck, fuck, I hate that guy. Uh, Oh, I don't know what I was going to say now. Ah, it doesn't matter. I'm an idiot. Buddy, thanks for doing this, man. It was nice chatting, yeah, uh, nice chatting with you again. Yeah, for sure, man. that's going to do it for this week's episode. Patrick, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Resident Evil Code Veronica and Slick Rick, the man himself. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode and for putting this game in my ear because I'll be straight up. I never would have played this game had it not been for this pick because I just assumed that it was just a crappy, stupid spinoff. And apparently it's not a crappy, stupid spinoff. It just has a couple of really cheap fucking boss fights in it and a fire extinguisher that could completely fuck you over if you let it, which I did. Fuck, I hate that fire extinguisher. Anyway, thank you guys both very much. And a thank you to everyone that listened to this episode. Whether this was your first podcast or your 190th episode of Remember the Game, I really, really appreciate the support. If you didn't hate it, I don't know, leave us a good review somewhere. I'm not sure what they're supposed to do, but they're nice, and I like to ask for them. And if you're really like, man, I can't get enough of this guy's sultry but somewhat annoying fucking semi-prepubescent voice. I kind of sound like Steve after... Anyway, uh, if you're like, ah, I could do more of this, maybe consider supporting us on Patreon. It starts at just 2 bucks US, and for that $2, you get two additional podcasts every week, every Thursday and every Friday. Plus, there's a whole bunch of other stuff over there. You can get to our Discord, all that cool shit. Uh, and 5% of our Patreon every month is going to get donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton as part of my 24-hour stream at the end of the year. Patreon.com slash game. I also have a P.O. box, which you can find at uh, RememberTheGamePodcast.com. If you just want to shoot me a postcard or a letter, I don't just some little say hi. I'll write you one back. We'll be friends. It's pretty cool. And uh, finally, you can check me out on Twitch. I try to stream a couple of nights a week. Go to Twitch.tv and look for Member the Game, not Remember. Member the Game. We're getting up to like 40 or 50 people per stream. So our Twitch stream is starting to grow, which is, oh boy, I can't wait to have some power over there. Then I'll make my enemies fucking pay. Yeah, anyways, anyway, that's for a different podcast. Thank you all so much for the love. I'll be back tomorrow for all of our patrons with Expansion Pass number 103, where we talk about arcades and arcade cabinets. Uh, Game Patch, my gaming news podcast, goes live on Friday, and I'll be back next week with a whole other smorgasbord of video game podcasts because that's all I do with my fucking life right now. I'm going to thank some patrons and get out of here. Take it easy, everybody. I'll talk to you on the next one. Cheers. Goodbye. 
Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without all of their support. The following people signed up at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame, and I'd like to take a moment to thank them by fucking up a bunch of their names. So a huge thank you to... Makeshift, Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Keegs and his Stupid Arrow Handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Mike Maloney, Very Cool Dude, G9PSX, Raging Demon, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Copland, Matt McLean, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Chowdy Loudy, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Adam Ferrer, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel Forrest, Tunable Power, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Inhuman Sumo, Just a Fish, Snoop Q, Denzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Ballsack Teabagger, Chris Dick Dickin, Matthew D'Amico, Clayton Robertson, Frosty Feet 492, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Aaron Price, Dakabai, Ray San Juan Tongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Sid's Good Leg, Trav H, Mizuru, Nicholas Chaffee, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Illegal Amigo 69, Ruben, Alizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Mexican Johnny, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, DB Muppet, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstrich, Paul Burke, Paul Burke, fucking name, Paul Burke, Evol Evolva, Sean Ramos, Boston Pork Sword, Mad Max, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Solid Rake, Brant Hewitt, Gabriel Deandria, fuck I suck at this job, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon Rowe, Tyler Nadiger, and Terry Douglas. Thank you all so much for the love. Thanks. Uh, sorry if I fucked up your name. It's, it's kind of my shtick that I do. But thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode of Remember the Game. Goodbye. <laughs>